Welcome to episode number two of Flyers Fix. How about a little Bruce for you, Schmitty? You like Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? You know me. You don't. So you I'm not a Bruce anyway? fan. I put I, him I mean, in because I'm not a diehard. I'll pick and choose. Okay, you well, I, I just put it in because that's what they like to play in a locker room. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Believe yeah, I'm me, not, I'm not a diehard, but I'll pick and I'll pick and choose some good ones versus some ones I can do without. I'm the same way with Billy Joel too, though. So, see, I like yeah. Billy Joel. That's not hokey to me, but Bruce is very hokey to me. I I I do find it odd that he's the only you know big time musician i know of that uses what amounts to like a school uh, you know like a, a school music class set of bells in all his music you know <laughs> you ever notice that like it's just it's right there under everything well he's got and, like that brett Favre underbite well yeah yeah that too but <laughs> you know i mean just just from the standpoint of that style but i guess everybody's got their own style right well, it, whatever works, whatever gets yeah, that's right. up. And Jake's the DJ, and we'll talk to uh, Claude Giroux and Michael Raffle about that exact subject coming up here in episode two. We got the chance to sit down with the two of those guys. And, and as you know, Bri, Michael Raffle is one of the more interesting guys on the team in the way he approaches life. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's the, the philosophy that's behind that is is something to behold. Um, you know, it's uh, part, part of what makes a good team, though. You got, got a bunch of guys coming from a bunch of different backgrounds. He's he's a guy that I think a lot of folks lose track of what a good story he is, just basically making something out of uh, more or less nothing, not getting drafted, coming out of Europe and, uh, and making the NHL career that he has made for himself. It's really, you don't see that very often, so it's uh, it's good yeah. for him. But, it's, uh, you know, it's, but that's part of it that's part of what's kept him uh, so valuable to this team so yeah and he's a guy that his name was out there a couple years ago around deadline time i think it was two years ago and they opted not to trade him but extend him keeping him in philadelphia the only nhl city he's ever known and can you believe this Brian? this is amazing because as you mentioned he wasn't drafted they ended up uh bringing him over out of the swedish elite league but he's now been with the flyers for seven years yeah, we mentioned that, and, and when we talked to him, you'll hear it here in a bit. And uh, when when that came up, I, I was silently going to myself, "Holy crap! He's been here for seven years. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like it." But I guess time flies when you're having fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's one of those glue guys. You know, you hear that term every now and then. Um, but he's he's definitely a quintessential guy that. Uh, you know, if you're just looking at stats, it, it, not, not a lot pops off the sheet for you. But uh, when, when you lose somebody like him, and I think there, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly when it was, but there was a stretch where the Flyers lost him for an extended period of time within the last couple of years. And, and you could tell he wasn't there. Um, yep. You know, nothing, nothing was things. Things weren't going quite right until he came back. So, it's, yeah, uh, he did have a 21 goal season, too, in his second year in the NHL. So, yeah, nah, that's nothing to sniff at. And nope. he, for lack of a better term, he's one of those guys that's like a Swiss Army knife. Well, an Australian Austrian Army knife. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but nonetheless, we'll talk to uh, Claude Giroux and Michael Raffle in this episode. And coming up uh, in just a couple minutes as well, we'll let you hear uh, our long pronounced conversation with Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault, who I say, Schmitty is James Bond. Do you? Uh, to me, dude, he's so savvy. Like, he just, he's got the look of James Bond. He's so smooth. He's never overwhelmed by the moment. And to me, and he's a great coach. I mean, most importantly, he's a great coach. But from a tactical standpoint, and, and I believe so in the way he handles players. 
Yep, absolutely. And, and you know, we've seen it too in, in what we do, you and I, the way he handles the media. He, he goes in there, he, he does his thing, and uh, at some point when he's he's done, it's he's, he's done, and uh, he wraps it up, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, he's got yeah, a poker he's, tell, got, he's, by the way. Yeah, he's got that uh, he's got that that aura to him a little bit. Yeah, his his poker tell is he starts to clap his hands and you go, all right, boys, yep. it, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> yep, yep. When, when when you hear when you see the first hand clap, you know you're getting close to the end. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so we'll hear from Elaine Vino as well. But Schmitty, let's uh, let's get to a couple headlines here quick before uh, we get to Elaine. Vino and before we get to um, uh, Claude Giroux and Michael Raffle, uh, right now the division is still as tight as you can possibly imagine. Not only the division, though, but the Eastern Conference here. And, I mean, should we be preparing ourselves for this to come down to April 4th? Oh, I definitely think it's going to come down to April 4th. I'm just interested to see how many points the team that doesn't get in has because if you look at uh i haven't i haven't gotten my calculator out quite yet but uh for for the for today but you look at uh, going into tuesday's games the top six teams in the metropolitan division were all on a 100 point pace or better and only five of those six teams can possibly get into the playoffs based on the way things work right now in the NHL. So that's what I'm interested in seeing is, is uh, how high or, or uh, how high is that team that doesn't get in going to be? Um, it, it's uh, it does have a way of shaking itself out, though. I feel like you, you look at this every year and you think, oh, my gosh, you know, like one of these teams that's. You know, one of these teams is going to miss the playoffs. They're going to finish tenth in the league or something like that, and they're not going to get in. Well, it, it seems that, you know, I think in past years, uh, eventually one or two of these teams will fall off. So it will be interesting, definitely. But I, I would not at all be surprised to see a 2010 type scenario where it's, uh, hey, it's uh, last week of the season, and uh, you, you need uh, two points out of your final four or something to get a spot, and it might come down to that last day. And, and I believe that that last day for the Flyers is, is on the road. It's at Buffalo. So uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting scene to see what plays out. So maybe we can get Brian Boucher to be a part of the game broadcast on yeah. that day and go shootout. Exactly. Against another New York team. You now, it, it's crazy because as I look at the standings and, and I see so many Eastern Conference teams in the top 16 in the NHL, I believe 10 of the top 16 teams in the NHL all come from the Eastern Conference. But let me give you the Metro. The Metropolitan Division has the third-ranked team in the NHL. That's the Washington Capitals. They have the fourth-ranked team in the NHL in the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have the seventh-ranked team in the New York Islanders. They have the eighth-ranked team in the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have the 10th-ranked team in the Philadelphia Flyers, and the 12th-ranked team in the Carolina Hurricanes. This is insane. This is like nothing we've ever seen where this division is six deep. It's just incredible. And when you look at the situation, you know, Carolina goes on the road. They're down 3-1 in a game. They come storming back. They're winning games. This is just – so can we essentially treat this as if it's the playoffs now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that in some in some aspects, it's been like this for uh, almost since the turn of the, the calendar year. Uh, you know, you, you look at these games from night to night and I know it hasn't always happened like this, but, you know, there's been more nights than not where, where you look at what else is going on around the league and you feel like, well, everybody's winning like everybody. You, know, you, you look at certain situations 
on these other scores and you think, all right, well, we need this team to win or we need that team to win. And sometimes you're, you're actually rooting for Pittsburgh, like in the case, like, you know, yesterday, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and, and Tampa Bay. Well, you know, you know, you actually would like to see, you know, Pittsburgh maybe take out a certain situation because they're playing somebody that, uh, you know, might be closer to the Flyers in the overall standings, and and it never seems to work out the way you want it to, or or it goes to overtime and everybody gets a point. That's it's especially maddening when you see oh, that. God. So you know, it's that's that's, but that's what's making it so tight is that extra point, and that's what the powers that be in in the NHL have wanted. That's what the uh, board of governors has uh, voted for, and and all that stuff over the years. They wanted uh, parity in the, in the league, and that's what they've gotten. So um, you know, it's uh, it certainly makes it exciting. I, I would say that um you know it's probably better for the game than to sit here and say okay there's eight teams right now that are already in the playoffs and then there's a huge drop off to number nine and the rest of the season doesn't matter um but it's uh, certainly makes for a, a stressful situation when you uh, when you're one of those teams that's that's on the fence trying to cement your way into the uh, into the postseason yeah, you're right. And, and Monday night we were root- after beating the Capitals Saturday night seven to two. The Flyers are then rooting for the Capitals, or Flyer fans are yeah. rooting for the Capitals to beat the Islanders on Monday night, but they didn't get it done. And the Flyers had the loss uh, after what was a great comeback against the Islanders after a really rough first period to only give it up uh, about you know a minute later. It was really tough. That's a tough loss. But um, the NHL trade deadline's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's on the 24th. We're inching closer to that, and a lot of fans are wondering if the Flyers are going to be active in that trade deadline. And uh, you know, I get the question every day on Twitter or whatever. Uh, you know, are they, who are they going to get at the deadline? Well, a lot of this still depends on the health of Nolan Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that would be like a deadline pickup if he comes back. And, and you know, again, that you're right. That's that's uh, something that they've got to decide. And it really probably has a huge effect on what Chuck Fletcher ends up doing, because uh, that's probably the most glaring spot where the Flyers could use an addition right now is, uh, you know, a bottom six center to uh, to to come in and shore things up. They have been cycling people in and out of that spot the entire season they seem to have settled on the the personnel that are here right now for the most part Um, but you saw them you know auditioning folks for that that spot all year long Connor Bunneman now has has stuck I think longer probably than anybody else has Uh, but um, you know God forbid there's another injury what what do you do then then you're you're cycling people again so that's probably the the one spot where they're trying to address things the most I would think uh, headed into that deadline and you know if if you're going to get Nolan Patrick back um, then obviously uh, you've got you got to you got to consider that in terms of your numbers. He's not really uh, a cap problem, I don't think. Um, but um, you know, you have to consider the numbers, and then you also have to think, all right, what version of Nolan Patrick are we getting back? Are we going to get one that's going to be able to to jump right into game play within a week or so, or is he going to need more time than that to knock the rust off? So it's a uh, it is a very delicate situation i think that chuck fletcher's in right now trying to figure out exactly what the uh what the prognosis is going to be here well the other part of it too is is that you also have to figure out if he does come back who gets sent down and i i will tell you that nicholas albe kubel is a guy that will not be sent down he has to clear waiver schmitty and so if you try to if you try to yeah, yeah. kubel albe kubel through waivers right now he's not going to get through somebody's going to grab him he's been incredibly impressive and consistent not to mention the gordy Howe hat trick as a rookie 
Yeah, absolutely. And and there will be a little less pressure on that after the deadline because the roster um, the roster size limit is gone, but but they do have to worry about the cap, obviously. I don't think either Aubrey Kubel or Nolan Patrick has a huge cap hit right now, but uh, if, if you're looking at bringing somebody in and there's any sort of significant cap hit there, then you do have to start jogging things around. And you're, you're right, you got to consider waivers. you got to consider uh, a whole bunch of things when you're trying to figure out uh, how you're going to fit everybody in under that cap. So it, it's, uh, it's definitely a dance that, uh, that, that I'm, not, I'm not envious for uh, anybody that's got to be involved in it. Well, the main guy who's got to deal with that and putting the team on the ice is the head coach, Elaine Vigneault. He was the big hire this summer of Chuck Fletcher. So let's hear our conversation with Flyers bench boss Elaine Vigneault here on episode number two of Flyers Fix. Head coach Elaine Vigneault. Elaine, how you doing? Good, real good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing good. Doing all right. Yeah, and you guys are doing good. That puts everybody in a good mood. I know you got away. You got to the pontoon and uh, got to escape a little bit. How'd you clear your mind? No, I had uh, obviously went back to, to Florida. I have a, a place there and uh, played uh, a couple of rounds of golf and uh, did the pontoon a couple of days and just enjoyed a little, you know, time off and re- re- relaxation. And, uh, you know, we were ready to come back, excited. The players were excited. And, uh, you know, we've got off to a, a good start. And, Everybody that's checking the standings knows that it has to continue because everybody else is winning. Now, are you a guy that can clear your mind pretty quick? Because um, you're in the you're in the teeth of it here in the yeah. middle. I know it's a little break, but that's not easy to do. No, you know what? Uh, these breaks usually, uh, you know, you, you know that it's the last stretch here. The, the last stretch is coming, so uh, you do enjoy your time off. Yeah, it's. It, it's going to be the last one, hopefully for a while. You know, you're getting into the playoffs and you're uh, having an opportunity to compete for the cup. So um, I was able to get some good downtime. I had some friends there. I had some family there, so it worked out real well. I know it can be a challenge to take a break like that and just kind of hit the ground running coming back. Uh, what, what were the what was the message coming back in when uh, guys were uh, kind of coming off that? But you had you had a good situation where both you and Pittsburgh were yeah. the exact same. We, we were the exact same playing field, so from that standpoint, it was fair. Uh, got in, uh, got a good practice in, flew to Pittsburgh, had a morning skate. Um, you know, everybody th- thought that uh, it would be sloppy, and the first period in Pittsburgh was a little bit sloppy, but after that, I thought it was uh, an exciting game. Uh, they had a push in the second. We had a strong push in the third. Should have won that game. Um, the other game against Colorado, everybody thought that Colorado – would be struggling off the start, but to the contrary, I mean, they had two full practices. I don't remember the last time we had two full practices two days in a row. So they had two good practices. They had a morning skate. Uh, They threw so much speed at us in that first 10 minutes. Uh, Our goaltender was phenomenal, kept us in, and permitted us to win that game. And, uh, you know, from there we moved on to Detroit and did what we had to do to win that game. The goaltender you alluded to was Alex Lyon. He gives you a real quality start. You come away with a win over against a really good team, a legit cup contender in Colorado. Uh, Talk about your goaltending this year. Brian Elliott's got two shutouts in his last three games. Having that veteran presence yeah. to him, especially with a younger goalie like Carter Hart's paying dividends. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that goaltending is such an important part of, of the game today. Uh, you know, you need your goaltenders to give you a chance. You need your goaltenders, uh, you know, to, to perform. And on nights like uh, Colorado is an example where you're not 
right there. You're looking for your legs and you're looking to, you're, for your hands to make some plays. Goalie's got to come up and make some saves, and there's no doubt that Alex did that. And our goaltending from, um, there's no doubt, Brian uh, Bello, uh, Brian. Elliot has been uh, outstanding for us. He's come in. Uh, he's given us good leadership in the dressing room, but he's given us solid performances. And then most of the people that, that, that look to Brian look to a healthy Brian this year, you know, where he's come in in good shape health-wise. He's been uh, real good all year. And that combined with him helping Carter uh, has been a big bonus. Carter obviously is uh, learning uh, the game, learning the NHL game. I don't even think he's got 50 games experience in the, in this league, or he's close to it, or something like that. But obviously, he's been na- capable of playing real well at home, uh, on the road. It's it's a work in progress, but he's got so much potential, so much talent uh, that uh, hopefully we'll get him back soon, and we'll be able to continue to uh, work with Carter. How about team defense in in conjunction with the goaltending situation? I mean, Detroit is obviously struggling this year, but uh, you know, you guys were able to keep them to just 16 shots in that in that game, and it's uh, it seems to be an overall solid effort. I know yeah. Chuck wanted to get the goals against down this year, and that's obviously well, happened. I mean, if you look at our our group, we're a, a group that can have success if team first mentality we don't have anybody in the top 30 in scoring uh, in the forwards or or defense uh but we are right now in the top 10 as far as goals against and that's done with a team first attitude like there for us there are some what we call non-negotiables playing without the puck there's certain things that you have to do on the forecheck on the back check in the d zone coverage that are non-negotiable that we have to do as a group with the puck Obviously, we've got some skilled players. A couple of guys have got a little bit more liberty than some other guys to, to try and make different plays. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we've got some principles, uh, some cues that we want our players to uh, make sure that they understand and they execute. And so far, I mean, they have. We've been able to, uh, uh, you know, play some good hockey. It's permitting us to be uh, right there in the, in the thick of things. Uh, we're in the toughest division in the NHL. It's challenging, uh, but I think it's making our group better, and uh, we've got a great opportunity here uh, as we move forward, and our guys are ready for it. What's the biggest difference you see from the beginning of the year to now and what you've implemented system-wise, which maybe they weren't grasping early? Is it back pressure, as you alluded to, on the back check, those type of things? I, I, would, I would say, uh, you know, since day one, we've tried to install certain principles, uh, non-negotiables, and uh, it takes a while for a player, even if you're a 10- or 12-year year player like uh, Claude Giroux or Jake Voracek, it takes a while to understand and, and to see it, to process it, process it. Just like you drive when you're driving your car, you know, you know when it's time to press on the gas, and you know when it's time to press on the brakes. You see the lights. It's sort of the same thing on the ice. Guys see a situation. Uh, they know they should be going here, this route, this route. So once they understand, the reaction time on the ice is much quicker. Makes us play at a faster pace with and without the puck and that's where I think we've we've evolved and I still think we've got room to growth for growth because we've got some good young players that have um, in my mind not reached their 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 full potential we've got some veteran players that are uh, 
that really want to win that you know really are really buying into the right way of playing and if we put all that together it makes for a, for a strong push and playoff berth and everything's possible so you want you want them to be instinctual because if you think out there you're yeah. in real trouble and well, that takes a little time yeah it does and that's why sometimes you know some people don't quite grasp aspen but our group is understanding what we're looking for as far as with and without the puck and um I believe that our game has gotten quicker to check, quicker with the puck, and it's going to continue to improve. So you probably knew Kevin Hayes better than almost anybody in the organization when you got here. Um, and one of the things that's really shown about him in the last few games especially has been the penalty kill. Uh, what he's been able to do out there, is that something that you were familiar with, or is this maybe even no, more than you've seen before? I, um, in my time with him with the Rangers, uh, other than my last year, and I would say a small portion of my last year, I didn't really use Kevin on the power play. I only used Kevin on the penalty killing. He was he came to New York as an offensive uh, stud, I would want to stay out of college. You know, he was a first-round pick. Uh, didn't want to go to Chicago. Came to New York, and um, we talked about making sure that he understood the 200-foot game. Obviously, all players like to to contribute, like to score goals. With Kevin, we wanted that offensive part. And five on five, uh, his numbers are pretty good. Uh, we added the penalty killing to his his game, which became a, a big, strong asset for him. And towards the end, we used him on the power play, and he became a, a good all-around player. Was available in the summer. Uh, the scouts here and Chuck and management, uh, they all liked what he brought to the table. And... Uh, they went out and they signed them. So I, I think for our team, that was a big positive. He's paid dividends both on and off the ice. Uh, let's talk about another about, guy. About off the ice. Well, you know got, when he's around. He's got, <laughs> he's got quite a personality. And, you know, yeah. you, you need that personality in the dressing room. We've got a few of those. With, with his addition, it just makes our, our room uh, better. Uh, you got to have fun. This is a game. Yeah. And, you know, guys are coming to the rink. They're working hard. They're having fun. Best way to have fun, as far as I know, is winning. Winning br- brings uh, a lot of that. Uh, but Kevin's got a, a good personality, and uh, he's obviously grown with our group, and I think our, our fans are slowly but surely getting to know him also. That refereeing experience helps, too. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no question. Uh, one of the guys, and you referred to five-on-five play, uh, number 14, Sean Couturier. Well, he looks like he's stepped both feet yeah. into his prime right now. He's playing tremendous hockey. He's leading the NHL since October 29th yeah. and five on five points. You're talking over names like McDavid, Dreisaitl, yeah. McKinnon, MVP, Hart candidates. Talk about what you've seen out of his game and what did you learn that maybe you didn't know seeing him from afar when you see him up close is even yeah, better. I, I was fortunate I was able to coach him this year at the World Championship, so I had an idea of, of what I was getting with him. Uh, but uh, I, I will say that he, had, he has exceeded my expectations as far as uh, I knew he was a, a strong overall player, like a great 200-foot game. Um, but like his consistency, uh, you know, the way he prepares, the way he comes to play, uh, he, the way he understands the game, he's got some, if ever at some point he would want to coach, he's got uh, that mindset. He sees the game, he understands it, he can relate it well with his teammates. So for me, uh, as a coach, he's a great extension of what, you know, we're trying to do. So when we're not in the room, he understands it. He can pass the message along to his teammates, and and you need that. You need 
to have an extension of the coaching staff in that room at, at all times. You know, with him, G, Hazy, and, and Jake, we've got some good voices there that are, that are positive and that are, are sending the right message. Do you have a line outside your door, your office, of guys going, I want to get on the wing with him? <laughs> you know, Schmitty it's, could pot yeah, a couple on the yeah, wing yeah, with him. You know, you know <laughs> it, it's amazing. Everybody that we have played with him this year has, uh, has, has really, you know, played well and, and improved their game. Um, that's that's just shows you know the type of player he is. He impacts all zones, there, and there's no doubt. But but we also like what I'm getting from him. I also need to get from G. I need to get from TK. I need to have guys that when whoever plays with Coots, whoever plays with G, whoever plays with Jake, are better players because those guys make them better players. You need that on a team, and uh, without a doubt, uh, Coots is rubbing off on on a lot of guys. You talked a little bit earlier in the season about five on five and being a plus team at five on five, mm -hmm. plus one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what what's your thought on how the team has grown in that uh, quest? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that uh, you know overall our, our, the defensive part of our game has been good. What's happened, I think, and why our numbers are so marginal or average, you know, at plus one, is you know I think we've had a couple of real challenging games on the road, which has sued the you know we are chasing. The the game and when you're chasing the game a lot of times you got to take some chances but other than those few little periods if you look at our overall games you know they've been pretty good and we've uh, been pretty consistent our last three road games we went into St. Louis we got a big win there we went into Pitt we got a big point should have won that game went into Detroit so I think we're we're turning the corner there as a group and I would say a, a big part of that again is Goaltending, you know, goaltending. Uh, if you're uh, for whatever reasons you're off a little bit early on, if you get those couple of saves that permit you to just get a little bit of rhythm, a little, uh, a couple of shifts under your belt there, it makes a big difference. And we obviously got that uh, in St. Louis, in Pitt, in Detroit, and hopefully we can continue to, to get some of those. Um Professional coaches in sports, if they're too rigid, that's a problem. You're, you're a guy that's very open-minded. The road woes are something that you've experimented with from do we do a morning skate, do yeah. we arrive at a different time, do we prepare the same way. What, uh, in your opinion, as things may be starting to turn in that regard, has been the difference, or is it just kind of this is hockey and that's the way things play out sometimes? Yeah, you know, it, it is hockey and it, it is the way it plays out, but you do have to, to, to look at different things, different options sometimes, and, and test the waters. And one of the things is us as a coaching staff, other than Lappy, we're all new to this group, finding out about the group, finding out what makes players tick, what works better, uh, you know, uh, different types of meetings. Sometimes uh, some meetings are more stern, direct message. Sometimes they need to be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more positive, better video. So we're going through the whole different scenarios. We're only at game 53. We found out a lot about our group, and as we move forward, we're going to find out more. You know, who can play under pressure? Who can make those plays? When the game is 2-2, what are you doing for me? Like, are you making the right play at the right time defensively and offensively? We're going to find out. I've got a lot of positive belief in, in this group. Uh, I've pushed them. Uh, they've responded well. Uh, there's definitely a sense here that uh, want to win. Let's get in. And uh, they, they're, they're working very hard for it. 
a lot of young guys coming through this year and picking out ones just just with Joel Farabee, what he's done lately. What have you seen out of his game in these last few games? Is he starting to just be more comfortable at the NHL? Yeah, I mean, Joel's a young player that, you know, is learning how to become a pro. And with that, there are going to be some ups and downs. Be, becoming a pro is about consistency in all areas, not just in hockey, but, you know, in, in whether you're an accountant, whether you're a doctor, whether whatever you do, you know, when you're talking about becoming a professional, you're talking about being consistent, being, being able to bring it day in and day out. Joel is playing the most hockey he's ever played in his life. He's probably played more games so far this year than he ever has in the past. That's a challenge. It's a challenge physically. It's a challenge mentally. But... Um, I I like the young man. Like he uh, has come back from the break. Uh, we had to sit him out that one game in St. Louis uh, for cap uh, situations, and really that break for him uh, was good. Was beneficial. It gave him mental. It gave him a physical break. Ever since then, you see his his game trending forward. Uh, the break that he got for during the the, the time uh, the time off, I think, will be positive for him, and. Uh, Hopefully moving forward, he's a guy that I've used throughout our lineup, depending on how well he's playing. And right now he's on a, he's on uh, one of those trends where he's playing real well, and hopefully he continues. And, and 11 shots, shot attempts, attempts the other night. Day. I mean, obviously he's yeah. comfortable uh, putting it on that. No, he's not, and he's playing with, you know, two – Pretty good players in Coots and Jakes. A lot of times, young players would have a tendency to want to dish out to those guys. But you love his confidence. You love the fact that you know he wants to be the shooter and full marks on that. And uh, I love, uh, really love his attitude and and the way he's working hard. He's got to continue. He's still trying to figure it out. I say this many times about young players. Some guys figure it out. Some other guys don't. A lot of guys, maybe with more talent than Joe. Joel haven't figured it out and weren't able to stay in the NHL. I think right now he's on the right track and he needs to, to continue. One of the things that's been really refreshing with your presence here as the head coach has been the, the level of accountability that's shown. Um, and, and you've been critical of all players on your roster, whether they're making all the money or the guys that are rookies in this league. you got to earn everything you get and you got to do your job. Um, but the thing I think that, that's impressed people the most is that when you do that, you know you've had those conversations one-on-one -on -one with these guys prior. You're not pulling any punches. And how's, how's that kind of gone over with your group? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I, I, I've always been. And, uh, you know, when, when, they, when people say that I, I'm being critical, I would say I'm just stating the facts. I'm not I'm not inventing anything. I'm just stating the obvious, uh, whether you want to say that's that's being critical or whatever. But there's no doubt that, uh, you know, I think right now we're, we're, we're holding our, our group to a high standard. Accountability is there. Accountability between players is is getting much better and Pure i think yeah, and i think that's probably the one that you're striving to get as a group if you're ever going to become a winning team that internal com um, accountability between teammates is so high nobody wants to let anybody down that's what we're working towards uh we're taking steps we're not there yet we're taking steps and we're on the right way as we approach the deadline here and get into the, the home stretch of the season, obviously you've had lots of experience taking teams into the playoffs. So what do you tell these guys as we get closer to the postseason, especially in this situation where it's going to be a, a dogfight to yeah, the very end? I, I, I would say like, 
what I'm telling you is what I've told the guys. You know, we focus on one game at a time. I like our group. Uh, I, I don't um, expect anything coming from the outside. I'm focused on the players that we have here within our organization and the players that we have in Lehigh Valley that we've seen a couple guys coming up and down that I know that if we need them, they can come in here and contribute. So we're focused on now. We're focused on our team. We're focused on improving. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a battle. Uh, there's great competition here. All teams I mean, I, I look at our, our division is so strong. I think we're ninth in the league right now yeah. we're sixth in our division or, or seven of the top 10 teams yeah, are from the east it's too. it's Crazy. uh it's challenging but it makes you better and uh, that's what we're up against and we got to deal with it you've coached over 1200 games in this league well over uh and you came to philadelphia as the opposition coach many a time and this city has a reputation and it's well earned mm -hmm. now being on the on the side where the fans are behind you what's your experience been like in philadelphia both uh, at the rink in the building during games and off the ice as well. It's been outstanding. I mean, I've I've been lucky as a, as a head coach, coached the Montreal Canadiens, original six New York Rangers, original six Vancouver Canucks, a Canadian team. All those teams had great followings. I I would say the Habs and the Rangers sort of a a, a cult like when you know when you go on the road. There's there were always fans. Well, with Philly, you're as close as you can be to an original six. And when we were on the road. Tons of Philly fans all behind us. Uh, at home, the atmosphere that we've had in our in the, our building has been incredible. Um, I, uh, I I I love it. I live in old, old city. It's a beautiful place. You walk around. Uh, people are, are supportive. They're behind the team. People want the team to win. Jeez, that's what I want. Yeah. That's what we all want. Uh, so it's a result uh, business. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I've seen nothing but support. Uh, I've heard nothing but support, and uh, that's great. And now it's uh, it's up to us as coaches and players to go out there and do our jobs. Well, I know that the fans are behind you guys, and uh, they're looking forward to hopefully you guys getting in the playoffs and making a lot of noise. And God forbid if you go against Pittsburgh, that's where our coaches <laughs> become legend in this town. <laughs> you get a little battle yeah. with Mike Sullivan yeah. going. He's done yeah. a pretty nice job well, over there. Mike Mike Terrier really knows about the the you know the, uh -huh. the Philly and the Pittsburgh battles. He's talked to me about that a few times, and I was fortunate to. Uh, to be on the right side when I was coaching New York. My first playoff round was against Philly. We won that in seven. Uh, it was a Is that tough one nothing uh, game seven with Steve Mason. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. It was a. It was a great series. It, it was hard fought by both teams. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've got. Uh, I've. I've got great feelings you know moving forward i'm really optimistic about our group uh i like the way we're headed and uh we're going to meet the challenge head on well we appreciate you taking the time my pleasure best of luck in the coming uh, weeks here is uh you got i guess uh 29 games left is it at this exactly point? Uh, exactly, yeah, exactly well it's going to be interesting and it's going to be tight thanks for doing this elaine my pleasure anytime guys. all right schmitty uh elaine vino like i said are you now convinced he's james bond <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I can see where you, I can see your point there. Uh, I, I don't know what he drives. We got to figure out what that what that is. But oh, uh, he's got to drive like an Aston Martin. Yeah, something like that. If not, <laughs> we should get him one. You know, sponsorship, something like that. You know. He's not driving what we're driving. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. In 57 games as the uh, coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, 31-19-7 at this point of taping. But overall, he's coached in 1,273 regular season games. He's got a 588 win percentage. He was seven years in Vancouver. He took that to a cup final. I think that was 2012, right? Um, and then in New York with the uh, Rangers, he had a 596 win percentage and took that team to the finals um, with Henrik Lundqvist and eventually losing, I believe, to the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely done everything but finished the job, and I think that's part of the reason that Chuck Fletcher brought him in is he's got uh, got that experience with getting uh, different franchises and, and being successful with them. And, you know, I, the, the playoffs – uh, we all know the playoffs are a different animal. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's 50% luck sometimes when you get there. But uh, you know, knowing how to uh, know, knowing how to manage the overall situations that you're in and things like that. Um, you know, and people would look. Sometimes sometimes people would look at a, a a thing like that where you know they'd say in 14 years, oh, you only got to the Cup Finals twice. So I think that's actually a lot in the in the new NHL. When you got to remember that Vigneault's uh, career started before the uh, 2004 lockout so um you know in this age where there's been all this parity um not not only has he been able to get his teams uh, uh to the playoffs but he's been able to navigate through to, to the final on those two occasions and and you know when you look at the other numbers too with with the, what his team's done um you know three president's trophies uh and and uh, 100 point seasons consistently year after year i think that's one thing that um is going to put the flyers in in a good situation because we we really are in an age here where all you have to do is get in and then see what happens from there and if you can consistently get in that's uh, almost more than half the battle at this point yeah and he's got a jack adams as well he won that back in his first year with the vancouver canucks the 0607 season you mentioned that was a 100 point season he's had 100 point seasons in 0809 with 100 103 the year after 117 in 2010 2011 that was actually the year that they lost in game seven against the boston bruins in the stanley cup finals in vancouver one nothing in the final uh, another 100 point season to follow that up he had three 100 point seasons with the rangers yeah he's a well high pedigree coach but he also brought in uh, a lot of uh, high pedigree assistants with mike yo and michelle tarian yeah, it's really kind of a murderer's row, isn't it, here with, the, with what the uh, Flyers ended up with behind the bench. Um, you know, a couple of guys that uh, um, have had very extensive head coaching experiences on their own and have, uh, you know, had experience with with, uh, with top flight teams, too. Um, you know, guys that uh, have, uh, you know, been in the situation where they are, you know, the ones running the show and have people reporting to them, so... It gives them a great perspective on how they can best support, I think, the overall operation without having to have all the pressures on them. So it's, you know, and I, th- I think, uh, you know, for, for this first season, you've seen it work very well. I think it's only going to improve from here, uh, regardless of how this season ends up for the Flyers. But uh, it's it's really something the way they've been able to uh, to, to pull that group together. No question about it. Well, one of the players in the spotlight in this past week was uh, Claude Giroux. He reached 800 points in the NHL. So let's take a listen to our conversation with Flyers Captain Claude Giroux and Michael Raffle here on Episode 2 of Flyers Fix. Flyers Captain Claude Giroux and Michael Raffle. Um, First of all, guys, uh, you're at the point in the season now. You're past the break. Uh, How do you guys feel like the season's going? We'll start with you, Claude. Uh, I think we're uh, in a position, obviously, 
obviously we uh, had to put ourselves to make the playoffs. Um, you know, we've been playing some good hockey uh, minus the last game, but you know, I think we're doing the, so a lot of good things. A lot of guys are uh, playing. Uh, we're all playing the right way and playing as a team. So um, you know, it's very exciting for uh, the next 20, 28 games. You've battled injuries a little bit, um, but you're you're back playing now. You've been moving around a little bit in lines. How do you feel like your season's going so far? Uh, not bad. Um, it's been way more fun than last year, obviously. A little bit different uh, group down there. Um, but we've been playing well, as Chi said, and uh, we put ourselves in a spot where we can make the playoffs, which is exciting. No drama off the ice. Th- that's good for you guys. You just guys want to come and play hockey anyway. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what you mean by drama, but, uh, you know, just... Uh, well, there was a lot happening last year off the ice. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, but, uh, you know... As uh, teammates, um, you know, we're a very tight team. We uh, come to the rink, we're really enjoying ourselves, uh, and uh, we want to play for one another. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, uh, more fun than last year. How about with all the, you know, obviously, all the coaching changes, a lot of guys new on the bench. Uh, how long did it take to get used to that, and uh, where's, where's the comfort level now? Obviously, I think it's been a while, long enough for, for you guys to get used to what these guys are looking for. Um, it was different right from the get-go, I think, straight from training camp until now. Um, as I said, it's a different field this year, and they put us in a position where we're comfortable. We're, we're feeling good about our game. We're feeling, feeling good about each other on the team. Um, it's a exciting feeling, and I think good things are coming. Why do you keep looking to him? Are you looking at him for the answer? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm looking towards him to Give empower you positive me. positive reinforcement? Yeah. I'm really nervous right now, you know. Big <laughs> Does he make you nervous? No, no, not really. Sometimes uncomfortable. Now let me ask you because I know Mike. It, Michael's a, a little bit of a different guy. First of all, who won the? <laughs> well, you know what it means. Yeah, you're right. around him enough. You've been around him for seven I, years. I agree too. Yeah. Yeah, you're the longest tenured athlete in the city. He's been here for seven years, um, but he's a guy that can cut tension. So what does he do to kind of keep it loose? Uh, loses at cards a lot, so uh, he's oh, so he's a donator. Yeah, he's a donator. <laughs> uh, he's he's always good to be around. He keeps uh, he always uh, has a good time, and uh, you know, anytime you're down, he's there to pick you up. Um, Kevin Hayes is a guy. He's got a huge personality. Like you always know when he's in the room. I say he's like a traveling fraternity party with two legs. Like he's just the you know you know he's around. What is his addition to the locker room meant for you guys? Because you got a lot of like, like you've been here a long time. You've been here seven years. Jake's been here a long time. Sean Couturier has been here a long time. But you add this bigger than life personality into the room. What's that been like? Yeah, he's uh, he's like a twelve-year-old kid. Uh, <laughs> comes to the rink and he has to say hi to everybody. And uh, if we don't see each other for it, uh, one day, he's gonna he's gonna message everybody say that he misses them. And it's uh, he's uh, he's sentimental. Uh, he's no, but he's I don't know if he's yeah, doing in a kid. funny way. Yeah, in a funny no, way, like yeah. he's not he actually, says he's kidding, but he's not. Yeah, but you know, he's uh, <laughs> uh, he's definitely fun to be around. Uh, could be uh, during the game or after the game or where, wherever. He's he's a very happy. Uh, very happy guy, and uh, anytime you're around him, you're uh, everything's pretty good. And a really good addition on the ice too. Well, no, he's a sick player. And, yeah. and, and you guys both kill penalties. He's been really good for the PK for you guys. Well, he's a good skater. He's <laughs> got a long stick. He reads the game well, and he's one of the best at cheating out there. We call him the <laughs> oh, cheetah because he cheats on pucks yeah, to get breakaways yeah, yeah. on the PK. He's really good at it. You yeah. know, it's a skill to have. Hey, it's fun it to watch. Uh, who on the team in your tenure here thought you were actually from Australia? Did somebody, has anybody ever, like, on, hey, throw another shrimp on the bobby or something like that? Yeah, there's been a lot of stupid jokes going around. But not joke, but, like, literally thought you were from Australia. He's from from Vienna, though. 
I'm not from Vienna either, but <laughs> um, no, not really. But people were mistaking, asking me if I'm surfing and stuff. And I just crocodile you know, Dundee. Just, after a while, you just go with it, you know. Do you just like yeah, I'm a surfer guy. Do you ever surf? Uh, no, not really. How about ski? A lot of skiing when I was younger. Yeah, Snowboard sure. kind of guy, actually. All One of the cool kids. Yep. Oh, okay. Not bad. How about these young forwards you've been bringing along? You guys have had a lot of young defensemen come in over uh, the last few years. Now the forwards are coming along. What are you guys telling these guys as they've come up over the course of this year? Uh, I'm sure they're looking to you for advice. Maybe you were in their shoes at one point. Yeah, they're really good kids. Not the brightest candles on the Christmas tree, but they bring light, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but they bring light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're... they're if you're sure, a candle, sure that's good, enough, right? You're sure enough fun to be around, you know? Yeah. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, what do you teach them, though? <laughs> There's not much I can teach them, you know what I mean? <laughs> you keep looking at him <laughs> for the answers. Pretty much the same, give me an answer. Yeah, what, are you, what are you going to learn from you? You're just going to ask him for I the learned every. I actually learned a lot from G. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh... Or which Sports. subject did you do the best in? What's, that's Jim, no, right? Languages. I was always good with languages. How many languages do you speak? Four. How about, and you just speak two? Yeah. Okay. And you speak, you both speak hockey. He speaks uh, French too. Oh, do he you? Says he's, pretty, yeah. he, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, I'll, I'm very surprised how good he is, yeah. So when you're like talking, if you guys were, were like congregating and talking smack about a player on your team and you didn't want him here and you know he doesn't know French, do you, do you speak to him in French? No, I think we're tight enough that we're just going to tell the guy in this yeah. face. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, right? yeah. Now you've, you're the longest tenured athlete in Philly. Like to be that, and you took that mantle from Brent Selleck when he retired, and he's a legendary Eagle player. Uh, what does it mean to you to be the longest tenured athlete in a city like this? Ah, uh, it means I'm getting older, and uh, but you know, you're Philly really like their sports. It could be uh, it could be basketball, football, baseball, or hockey. Uh, I feel uh, anytime we go to an event we go to eagles game or something you can see how people love their their sports and uh to be part of that kind of culture and um people take it to heart they're very intense obviously and um i think it's uh i got pretty lucky to be uh, uh drafted by the flyers what's your take right now on this this dog fight the league's in uh, you know all these teams seem they'll be winning every game i mean obviously you guys are focused on your on your own thing but uh is is it surprising to see so many teams just banging out all these wins I think it's exciting and it keeps it tight, as you said. Um, every game is important, no matter who you play. Um, so it's going to be an interesting stretch coming down the road. You guys, the situation is very tight. In the past couple of years, you chased it a little bit at this time. To be in the position you're in now, how much more of an advantage is that for you guys? You don't want to lose. You can't lose any points because of how tight it is. But to be at this mode in February is a good thing. It's, it's like playoffs now. You approaching it that way? Yeah, we have to. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter who you play. You got to make sure that uh, those points you don't uh, uh, you don't lose them. And um, I mean, uh, especially the games that we have coming up here. I think five out of six are teams that we're in a race with. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good test for us. And after uh, in two weeks, I think we're going to have a bigger image to where we stand in a, in the standings. And uh, and I. I uh, strongly believe that we're going to be in a, uh, in a very good position. You've been playing with him for seven years. Um, let me see what you know about him. What's his favorite color? Blue. Is he right? Yeah. That's right. You didn't look it's to him for the answer. Um, what's his favorite movie? Uh, I know what his favorite movie is. It's uh, uh, Training Day. <laughs> yeah. Training is it Training Day with Denzel? Yeah, Denzel. No. Loves Denzel. Yeah. Oh, G loves that movie. It's one of his favorites. He tries to get me into it for seven years now. So do you like repeat watch Training Day? 
I've watched it a he lot of times. He puts it on in the locker room here and there. Yeah, twice, twice, maybe three times a year. Is that right? to get the boys into it, so we tell them it's You put on a movie awful. to try and get guys into the game? Not into the game, into the movie. You know? Oh, it's like, this what about is the my, game? This is my favorite movie, guys. And he throws on t- training day again. Everybody's like, Jesus Christ, come on, G. So, so how do you guys handle <laughs> Jake's music selection? Have you all grown to love the boss? Yeah, I mean, like personally, because I'm not a fan I've, of the boss. I've always, not maybe not the boss, but like just '80s, '90s, that kind of music. I think we're uh, we're all into it, and uh, I know I, I I really appreciate. So it. when you get in your car to go home, what are you listening to? Oh boy, I got. Are mix. you listening to Aha? I got a mix of everything. everything. So you're like you're driving down the road. You got the windows down. You're going take on me, from Aha. Singing. Singing. Yeah, I sing a in lot. In French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who's your favorite band to listen to? Uh, I drive a lot with Lotsy, and I really enjoy his his take on music. He mixes it up a lot, <laughs> from hip hop to house, everything. He's a he's a great singer. You like techno? He's a great singer. You like techno with a girl that sings? That's that might be up there for me. Yeah. I have to get a video of you and him in the car. I'm gonna film Lotsy like and give it to you guys. He's actually really good. Lumineers. He's got a very. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's, he's, he's got, he's a, got very, a nice voice. Yeah, he's got a good yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. So he Under, can blow a tune a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. He does. Who is that, can anybody else on the team sing? Can Jake sing? He knows the words. I don't know if he has a good voice, but he's, he knows the words of a lot of songs. All right. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Were, were, were you a tour guide at all in the uh, the Europe trip back in October? I know it's Jake's hometown for the the Czech game, but uh, you know your neck of the woods for for Switzerland anyway. Uh, honestly. I've been to Switzerland maybe two or three times, yeah. never to Lausanne. So I was yeah. just tagging along with the boys, yeah. checking everything out. Been to Prague maybe twice or three times before with Jakey once. So I tried to stay away from Jakey. That was nice. It was a, a really sick trip. Great for the boys. Uh, how, you had an opportunity a couple of years ago. Your name was out there and rumors to be traded. They opted not to trade you and extend you. What did that mean to stay here? And you know, you're, you're not a drafted guy. You came out of the Swedish Elite League. And now you've been here seven years. And the team is committed to you, and you've been here a while now. Um, yeah, obviously, I love it here. Um, the fact that they, that they brought me back here and wanted me here made it even better. So it was a no-brainer for me. Did the room feel the same way when he came back? Yeah, uh, he's a big piece of the team. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he's 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 the clown of the team, and or not in the morning. In the morning you can't talk to him. You got to give him an hour. What was that? He's not a morning person, but after he gets his coffee in, he's he's ready to go. I'm okay. What yeah. really annoys him? What does? What what really like like really pisses him off? Scotty, that is very excited about something. Yeah. And they get after it. Could go it and two then. directions. I'm not a morning person, and either lots he's very excited in mornings, or he's. Yeah, he, just t- not he told me the other that. day that you know locker next to you, and you guys room together. That you didn't like each other at first. The first trip we had, or just Placid, I thought he was the biggest loser ever. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. What was a loser he, he about us? I don't know. I don't know. We just wouldn't talk. We just had maybe That's what he said told three me. sentences to each other. He said you guys it. would just look at each other and not say anything. Yeah, it was bad. It was actually. He really must have thought you were like from Neptune. Did you ask him about it? Yeah. What was he saying? He said, I don't know. I just couldn't understand the dude. I was a bird. He was a bird. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Really good guy, though. Uh, but now he, you guys yeah, are like no, buds. No, no, we, you no, drive to the rink together all the time yeah. and stuff? I awesome. make him drive. All right, boys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you guys are our first player guests on uh, episode two of Flyer Six. We appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, and hopefully a good long playoff push. All right, Thank thanks very guys. much. All right, Michael Raffle, Claude Giroux. Thanks to them for joining us here on Flyers Fix. Uh, Giroux, by the way, uh, Brian, uh, just 803 points now in 877 career games. 
The numbers continue to pile up for the captain, despite the fact that he's not on his highest pace uh, per per season right now. This year, he's got 41 points, been picking up of, uh, of late, and he had a three-point game where he reached his 800th point. That was Saturday night in D.C., are we getting are we getting close to the territory now where we go? Giroux has a legitimate chance to be an NHL Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think we are. You know, you got to have that conversation. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be uh, fully appreciated. I think by the by the general public outside of Philadelphia. But I had um, noticed. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those one of those cases where um, I think it's going to depend on how the final uh, you know four or five, six years of his career end up here. I mean, he is only 31 years old. And so you've got, uh, you still got some, some runway there and he's got some time to, uh, to, to still be a valuable contributor to this franchise. And, you know, as, as it continues to build on, you know, the, the younger core and the supporting cast and, and who knows, maybe by the time, uh, he's done here. He is part of the supporting cast, which would be fine. But uh, you know, I, I think it's really going to depend on how things are now. If there's if there's a cup coming here while he's still here, it's a lock. If uh, if that doesn't happen, then um, or, or you know, God forbid, it comes somewhere else during his career. But uh, you know, if, if that if that cup doesn't come his way, then he might be one of those guys that uh, has to wait a little while longer than he might otherwise would. But I do believe he gets there sooner or later. Um, you know, just as one of the uh, most consistent uh, playmaking centers that has come through this league uh, in, the, in this uh, this last decade. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, too, is when you look at his accomplishments, the fact that he was uh, from the 2010 to 2020, that decade of hockey, number three overall in the league in scoring uh, points wise. Um, and, and you're ahead of some really big names there. Um, but then the other part of it, too, I mean, the only two guys ahead of him are Kane and Crosby. He's ahead of Ovechkin in points. But he's also put up the most amount of power play points in the decade. And you got And the thing that's amazing about that to me is he's, he never had an Alexander Ovechkin that he just fed the puck to, like maybe Backstrom has had. Right, exactly. You know, he has been – he's done all this while while being pretty much the – uh, you know the guy for the Flyers' offense during most of that time. Um, you know the second half of the decade, uh, Sean Couturier kind of came along and, and, and you know took a huge jump in his offensive game. On the first half of your decade, you've got uh, you know so, some you know some scoring prowess there that was certainly uh, supporting him as well. But uh, he's been the model of consistency, and I think that's the biggest thing that will come out of his career is uh, you know that he was able to consistently get things done. Uh, you know from year to year to year without uh, necessarily having, uh, you know, like, like uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin type arrangement or some other yeah. uh, superstar there with them to, to help bolster the numbers. You're right. Yeah, the Robin to his Batman or, or however you want to term it. Well, I, I just, it, it'll probably take until the end of his career for some of the general public to appreciate what he did bring to the table, what he has been bringing to the table. But that's going to put a wrap on episode number two of Flyers Fix. Everybody, check out Flyers Daily. It's uh, Subscribe to it. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave, leave us a rating and review. Also, uh, make sure you check out Everything But Hockey, the Prospects Pipeline, all the different, we have a whole suite of podcasts available for you at the Flyers Broadcast Network. But everybody, thanks for listening to episode number two and enjoy your hockey.